I'm back. Huge episode this week. We are previewing FC Dallas, Tulsa Roughnecks, John Arnold on to talk all things FC Dallas as we preview today's match in the Open Cup. Tulsa Athletic in action. A little bit of a flip in the NPSL Heartland Division. We'll talk about all the matches that have gone on and the standings as they are right now. And U.S. Open Cup, we've got USA, Mexico. We'll talk about the hexagonal and where the United States stands at this moment and some uh, some matches down the road that we need to pay attention to. But first, it's time to get the pillows, the blankets. It's getting dark outside, folks. You know what time it is. It's another episode of 20 Sock Podcast. All right, folks, your old pal Roger is back in the saddle. I was out for a few days, but we are back and we are ready to go. Is Tornelli Sock Podcast, your host Roger Graham, of course, here with you every, hopefully every weekend. Part of the beautiful game network, bgn.fm is where you can find the podcast. But anyway, we'll get into all the soccer action we have a big matchup today. It is U.S. Open Cup time. Uh, unfortunately, our, our our hero, our hero team, Christos FC. For those who've been kind of following the the Open Cup, maybe casually, maybe you've just got introduced to this thing. Uh, was the first, last amateur team in the Open Cup, and they went down to DC United in a very valiant effort. Good game, first half. Uh, just the quality took over there. But anyway, Christos FC goes down tonight or last night. But today, trying for that cup set is a Tulsa Roughnecks. And I have John Arnold on. He uh, covers FC Dallas. And we're going to jump into that interview as we preview Tulsa and FC Dallas. All right, folks, I have a great guest on to talk FC Dallas. I've got John Arnold on. He is uh, the beat writer for FC Dallas for Dallas Morning News and also CONCACAF, Liga Max contributor, full-time contributor for Goal.com. John, how's it going today, man? All good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I know you're busy tonight. We have CONCACAF action going on. I think the, one of the matches just wrapped up, another one still going on, and uh, you know, before we jump into FC Dallas, let's talk a little bit about the CONCACAF hexagonal uh, qualification. We're halfway through now. I just can't believe we're already there. Uh, I think we're, yeah, five games in. And, um, you know, obviously Mexico on top. It looks like Costa Rica will win tonight. Or I'm sorry, we'll, yeah, if they win tonight against uh, Trinidad, they'll be there in second. And then the United States, a couple points behind. So, so far, what's your take on this uh, hex uh, and this qualification? Uh, and obviously, it's a little bit of a surprise with the uh, United States being where they are, but obviously got a great result this past week. Yeah, I think when you look at this, uh, you know, two set of two games for the U.S., it's about as good as you could ask for, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that taking... Uh, the victory uh, against Trinidad was pretty much obligatory. It, the formula has always been in CONCACAF. You win your games at home, mm-hmm. you draw on the road if you can, and that's exactly what they did this window. Obviously, they're in a bit of a hole because of the start that they got, but, you know, 
I don't think you can complain about the results during the Bruce Arena era. I mm-hmm. think they're well situated to qualify. Yeah, you know, maybe you're a little nervous. You want to get out of that fourth place playoff spot. I think they'll be able to do it. If they keep playing like they did at the Azteca, I don't think they'll have any trouble doing it. Uh, I love the region. I love the teams in the region. Mm-hmm. But to me, the, the depth maybe isn't as strong as it has been in past years. Costa Rica is still a good team, but Honduras, I think, has fallen off a lot from the last couple uh, years. Panama is a little bit better, but still not a uh, world beater. So I, mm-hmm. I think the U.S. will be fine and probably get in that top three. Uh, I don't want to say not breaking a sweat because I think they'll have to work for it a bit, but but maybe not too much of a, of a difficulty. Uh, I think they'll be able to get there. Yeah, I think the hard matches are really behind them at this point. Mexico's behind you. You've still got a Costa Rica match, but it's going to be in the United States. And you've got on the road at Honduras, which can you know, always be a tricky match there. And then playing at Trinidad Tobago's you know, given us problems in the past. But for the most part, we've had pretty good success there. And then you're playing Panama at home. And I think that wraps it up there. Oh, you, yeah, you got, yeah, that's right. I think that's it. But on Panama at home, I'm sorry if I didn't say that. So right now you're right. It's a, it's a good spot to be. It's not ideal, but I think the United States will have, I guess, a fortuitous uh, schedule coming up, right? Well, yeah, especially when you compare it to the teams that are going to be competing against, you know, Honduras. Uh, they've still got a, you know, the home game against their home game against the U.S. Mm-hmm. Their home game against Mexico. So yeah, they've got two home games in the, you know, still to come. But it's two home games against probably the two best teams, at least the teams in the in the best form right now. So that's mm-hmm. difficult, and they still have a trip uh, away to Costa Rica. So. Uh, you know, that's sort of, I think, your competition. And then Panama, again, which, as you mentioned, you sort of control, uh, not control your own destiny, maybe, but you you, mm-hmm. you have a game against them still to remain. So I definitely think that they're well-situated. Uh, Mexico's going to qualify uh, the next game out, I would assume. They almost qualified if they had beat the U.S. Uh, and then from there, I think, yeah, the U.S. and Costa Rica both sitting pretty. I like Panama to get in that playoff. But Honduras looked pretty good tonight against Panama. We'll see if they can pick up the points to do it. Yeah, and that game was a 2-2 draw tonight. Uh, I believe that was in Panama, correct? It was, yeah, okay. Panama. All right, in Panama City, always a tough place to play yeah. uh, there in CONCACAF qualification. But we'll go ahead and switch a little bit. We'll switch some gears here and get to FC Dallas. Uh, a very tough opponent for Tulsa. And, I mean, obviously stepping up a league, playing a tough team at, well, on the road, at their place. SMU, I mean, it's right down the road, right? Uh, what you know, some of the things we've been seeing so far in the qualifications, the things we've seen, or not qualifications, but in the Open Cup is teams play, kind of playing maybe their second team and, and sending maybe some of their guys who get not a lot of starts. Do you, do you expect FC Dallas to do the same tomorrow against Tulsa? Or do you think you'll see maybe Kellen Acosta out there playing against Tulsa? I don't know about Kellen Acosta after playing Sunday mm-hmm. 90 minutes for the U.S., but I think FC Dallas definitely will have some regulars. In, in some respects, they don't have that much of a choice. Uh, this is a competition that they're the defending champion in. Mm-hmm. They want to win it again. They want to defend that trophy. And, and it's even more special for FC Dallas. A lot of the coaches and players will mention that the, the trophy carries the name of Lamar Hunt, mm-hmm. uh, the late owner of FC Dallas. So it, when they won it last year for the first time in 19 years, it was a really special time for the club, uh, not only just because of breaking that trophy drought, but mm-hmm. also winning this trophy that has Lamar Hunt's name attached to it. So this is something that FC Dallas, I think, takes more seriously than a lot of MLS teams. Oscar Breha takes it more seriously than mm-hmm. a lot of MLS coaches. 
With that said, of course, they were just on the road against Portland. They've got another road trip coming up to Vancouver. Both those games are very far. Both those games are on turf. And then they go to Houston. So it's a busy time, a lot of away games. So you're definitely not going to see a best 11. Um, But I do think you'll see some pretty good players, including if everything goes according to what people have been saying in interviews, what we've seen so far on the practice field, maybe Mauro Diaz coming back from that Achilles injury. He told me... He told me, and I don't think he will get it, but he told me that it would be a nice opportunity to go 90 minutes. He wants to get that full first full 90 in. I don't think he's necessarily quite ready physically mm-hmm. to get all the way back from that Achilles injury, especially after playing in Portland. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one of the better players in MLS over the past couple of years, and he might be out there uh, on, on the West Cat field uh, surface there. So something mm-hmm. to watch for. I think there's going to be at least a few uh, top-quality MLS players out there against Tulsa. Right, and I, I think Tesho, he's he's with Canada right now, isn't he? Well, I'm a little confused, actually. Oh, is he I not? I him the other day when I was at the facility. He didn't get called up to that final roster. So the original plan was that he would be there with the Canada for the friendly that just happened tonight. Mm. But uh, he wasn't on that roster, and I actually reached out to a couple people in Canada. Everyone said he's still in the national team picture, but it's possible that he pops up. I'm really not sure. Um you know, this is an FC Dallas team that, that was built with the idea of winning the CONCACAF Champions League mm-hmm. and making a run for the league. Obviously, they fell short of the CCL, but they won it in the offseason. Their biggest goal, I think, was to add depth to the team, and obviously that helps you when you have multiple competitions. It gives mm-hmm. you more options, and Oscar Bray has sort of used those options uh, in the MLS regular season. He doesn't always play the same formation. He doesn't always play the same players. He hasn't even fallen into a pattern of, uh, you know, this player comes on as a sub at this time. This player comes on at this time. Mm-hmm. It, it is a rotation. He has a lot of options. He and his coaching staff like that a lot. And so really it, it's difficult, I think, to pin down a, any sort of starting 11 before, you know, an hour before kickoff because it, there's just so much that he could do. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. And, you know, certainly, yeah, you have those options and you've got so much depth and, and a team that has taken advantage of the academy. Right, and and you've got a lot of good players there. And speaking of academy, and and I have to ask since you know we have a USL team, what's the latest in Greece? Maybe there's there's not anything on this, but uh, for FC Dallas to have their own USL team, have you heard much on that front at all? It's interesting. I mean, it sort of seems that every year you ask about it, they sort of say, yeah, maybe next year, maybe sure. next year. I think they don't mind the affiliation with uh, Oklahoma City at all. Uh, I think they're pretty, they get on pretty well with Jimmy Nielsen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it is a geographically quick enough trip that they can send players and get players back, you know, that day. That's something that's important to them because I mentioned that depth. You know, if they get somebody injured, they want to be able to call up that 18, 19-year-old kid who, who they sure. had. They want to be close enough. You know, they were with Arizona United a few years ago. That didn't work out. They mm-hmm. didn't like that. It was too far to, you know, quickly call up players. But, that trip to Oklahoma City up I-35 or in an airplane, obviously, is even mm. quicker. So uh, I don't think there's any urgency for it, partly because their academy is so strong. You know, I think mm-hmm. they, they are they are comfortable with playing. Look, Jesus Ferrer makes his MLS debut a week ago. He's only 16. Paxton Bomical, uh, a teenager. Uh, even Brian Reynolds, a USU 17 player. You know, I think he hasn't made it a professional debut yet, but I think they would feel comfortable calling on him. They have these players on the academy fields who they do feel comfortable with uh, tossing into the first team if they need to. And I think that sort of in a weird way maybe uh, mm-hmm. reduces the urgency to, to sort of have a USL team of their own because they already are producing and they already have a place to put these sort of uh, young, developing players and, and they're getting games in that system. So uh, 
you know, like I said, maybe it's counterintuitive because you, you think of FC Dallas, you think of a strong youth team. But mm-hmm. at the same time, uh, I, I don't know that USL is a top priority for them right now. Right. Yeah. And it seems, you know, Chicago's kind of gone that way. And we've and Tulsa's you know, taking advantage of that. If Hey, it's better for us to farm the players out to these USL teams versus run, organize, go through the whole rigmarole of having your own USL franchise and going through the process of the franchise fees and everything. So you're right. It may be just it's more affordable to do it this way and, 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 and maybe – you get more expansion on you know these small these independent clubs versus MLS type teams that expand. So yeah, we've been hearing it for a long time, like you said. If it's every year, it seems like it comes up, and and oh, it's next year, the year after that. So anyway, I just had to ask on that front. Uh, and I know Fort Worth is a pretty appealing market, uh, yeah. And there's quite a bit of distance there from Frisco to Fort Worth. And personally, I think you could put your own put a team in fact you probably put another easily put another professional team in 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 fort worth for sure i'm from fort worth man i i've always i've always said that that would be uh, an ideal situation Mm -hmm. i've got an npsl team there right now which is like pretty well supported for that level you know Mm -hmm. so i I do wonder if they'd be able to have success if they you know put a team in near downtown or just to the south is a very like you know there's a lot of young people there's a lot of exciting uh you know it's a good bar restaurant sure so if you could find somewhere for them to play in that in that sort of scenario, I do wonder if it would work. You know, I would love to see it in Fort Worth. But like I said, I mean, I think it's something that the team has explored and maybe still is quietly exploring uh, mm-hmm. as we speak. But as far as publicly, they're not saying much. And, and when we've talked about it in the past, it hasn't been a, a top priority. But as a Fort Worth native, I'd love to see that, man. It's, it is a long way uh, from Fort Worth to Frisco. I think you could definitely get uh, some fans without having too much of a crossover. Yeah. Yeah, a little tailgate in Cowtown. I'm I'm in. Absolutely. That'd be great. <laughs> well, what do you what's the um and I'll ask this. What what if you're Tulsa and and you're wanting to have success tomorrow and it's a little bit of a long shot, you know, you're stepping up in, in the weight class, so to speak. But what is the what do you need to do if you're Tulsa to have success against FC Dallas at their place? What do they need to do? I think one of the first things that I would counsel an opposing team to do is to just have patience Mm -hmm. uh fc dallas is comfortable not having the ball they are comfortable having the ball they don't mind having possession and when they do they can keep the ball for a long time and and look for attacking opportunities and that can get frustrating um but what they're doing of course is waiting for you to make a mistake Mm -hmm. so don't make the mistake you know I, i think that um it's very easy in this team fc dallas struggles sometimes breaking down defenses this year so you don't want to give them that opportunity i think as soon as they do break it down you saw against real salt lake two weeks ago you know they find the first goal they find the second goal and next thing you know it's five six Mm -hmm. so six so uh five two so uh yeah so i think that that's uh that 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 would be the first key uh is to just be patient i think the second thing is that uh I don't know. It is it is difficult because it's a team that the FC Dallas is a team that has, uh, yeah, really their their only trouble that I've seen so far is that they, they haven't been able to score. Their defense might be unfamiliar. I think that if you put pressure on them while they do have uh, defenders who are, are comfortable playing out of the back, comfortable with the ball at their feet, and, and generally pass pretty well, mm-hmm. if you are able to put some pressure on them uh, with whatever the roster looks like Wednesday, maybe you're able to force a mistake and, and get some sort of opportunity. Mm. Uh, and they've been frustrated this year on set pieces. You know, you know, even in that Real Salt Lake game, they concede two. Both of those goals come off the corner. Um, 
Oscar and and going back the Pachuca game, the mm-hmm. the Concacaf Champions League game, that goal on the set piece, and then uh, not even a week later in San Jose, a ninety third minute goal or something like that yep. was a, a set piece uh, equalizer that that left them with uh, two, one point instead of all three on the road. So that's something that the coaching staff has been locking down on. That's something that they've been frustrated by, but maybe that's a place where if you're, if you're watching film on FC Dallas and trying to see where you break them down, uh, if you can win set pieces, win corner kicks uh, in dangerous areas, that might be a place where you, you can, uh, you can find them. And you know, that's always, I think uh, in a game like this, where you do have probably a, a, a sort of stated underdog as far as, you know, in being from a lower league, mm-hmm. that's always a place where you want to look. So I, I think anything you can do on the training ground to get that kind of work in, uh, would be good. So I guess that that would be my three my three keys: patience, pressure, and and pieces. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, three pieces. I think that's great. I don't think you know Tulsa is a is a fast paced team. They they like to they're they're not one to really get into a track meet. They're a little bit of an older team, you know, in, in USL, and 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 they're very they're a very physical team. Yeah, I've got some big players, big guys in the middle. Uh, you got a couple of young guys, uh, Kalistri and uh, Fernandez from uh, Chicago that can, you know, they can certainly get past. And you get, of course, Juan Pablo Caffa who can hit the ball on a dime from 30 yards out. So maybe, yeah, maybe Tulsa has a chance there. You get a free kick. You, you get an opportunity there inside, kind of like Christos tonight who had that pin, that uh, free kick just outside the box, bury it against uh, D.C. United. So, yeah. yeah, you get something like that and everybody plays back. And who knows? It's the Open Cup. Things can happen. So we'll be out there tomorrow. Uh, SMU Stadium, 7 o'clock, Tulsa Roughnecks, FC Dallas. Yours truly will be there. Are you making the making that game tomorrow, John? I'll be there, man. I'm, nice. I, I, live in, uh, I live near downtown right now, and SMU is like a 5- or 10-minute drive. Frisco is like a 40-minute drive. So I'm, oh, I'm this is good. looking forward to the uh, short commute for sure. Yeah, and I believe the uh, – pregame tailgate or whatever i don't know if they tailgate there or not but uh, it's at trinity hall i believe is what i'm being told is that is that right is that the bar yeah, nearby yeah and if you you know i mean if you're coming from tulsa you probably wouldn't need this you can just drive straight there but you can take the train there if you're from dallas so mm. it'll be a good spot i'm sure it'll be a nice atmosphere nice all right john thank you so much john arnold tonight with gold.com appreciate your time buddy we'll hopefully see you tomorrow yeah sounds good man we'll see you then take care All right, great stuff there, John. Thank you so much for coming on to the episode. Right now, we have previewed FC Dallas-Tulsa match, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about the uh, Tulsa Athletic as, you know, this uh, is a bit of a new season for them and and kind of a new area to be, I guess, in the standings. looks like FC Wichita right now on top of the standings. Uh, But we'll go back a couple of weeks. Uh, You had the match here. Uh, was it two Fridays or two Saturdays ago at La Fortune against FC Wichita? Uh, it was a tie match. It was a real good back and forth contest. Uh, Tulsa got a foul there, and I think eighty something minute. I can't remember what it was, but uh, FC Wichita basically came back from a goal down after Tulsa went down to ten men. Kind of a very unfortunate situation there, and uh, FC Wichita got the result there in Tulsa, and then uh, the Tulsa Athletic went on the road to play um, Little Rock Rangers, and man, the Red Watch, if you've been following them on Twitter, boy, they get pretty salty out there. It's good to see some uh, new new blood here in the NPSL Heartland. Good support group for their team, and, and you always love to see the 
cattiness and the, the saltiness out there uh, with the supporter groups on social media. But anyway, they're bringing it and have a pretty good, pretty good team this year as they're much improved. And uh, Tulsa went there on the road, War Memorial Stadium in Little Rock as they pulled off the draw there. Got, got points on the road, which, you know, right now, I think that's a great result getting on the road. If you can take a point on the road against uh, some of these teams in the upper echelon of the division, I think that is a good result there. But anyway, Tulsa Athletic right now in third place in the NPSL Heartland Division. They have some, uh, yeah, have some tough matches coming up, but they also have some home matches. You know, they've got uh, Dallas City FC uh, home and away. And they've got the demise coming to town as well as Little Rock. We'll have to make that return trip. And then also the road match, the very anticipated road match at FC Wichita. But anyway, it looks like they may have uh, gotten off the, the streak there and, and hopefully turning a corner there for Tulsa Athletic, get some results here and get that open cup bid and winning the division, get into the playoffs. All right, so it looks like the Tulsa Legends uh, friendly is on Thursday and then on Saturday, Tulsa hosts the Demise in PSL, formerly the Joplin Demise. So I think that's a that's a game you look at and, and really need to get those three points in that home match as you're the, the as you return to Striker Soccer Complex on Wednesday at FC Wichita. So it's a pretty pretty two two pretty uh, crucial matches there. Uh, going into the uh, NPSL Heartland Division, and that would definitely be turning points for the season for Tulsa Athletic if you can get some results there. But anyway, uh, we'll turn our attention back on uh, Tulsa Roughnecks. As uh, I know, we previewed the FC Dallas match, but let's talk just momentarily, if you don't mind. We'll 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 go back over the uh, the Swope Park match as uh, Tulsa had a uh, kind of an interesting time there. Uh, had to gave up a goal and then got an own goal, and the score was one-one going almost into stoppage time. Uh, a foul was called on, uh, I guess, Carlton Belmar for uh, for the Swope Park Rangers drew a foul in the box. Uh, Dave Saunders came on, you know, Twitter and said, "Yeah, it looked like the right call," but a lot of people in Tulsa uh, were kind of questioning it. But uh, I'll take Dave's word for it; he knows more about this than I do. Uh, but uh, you know, anyway, questionable call there. Tulsa gave up the PK there late in the match, and uh, Mark Anthony Gonzalez drills at home for Swope Park, goes up 2-1, and then like 10 seconds later, uh, it seemed like 10 seconds later, but anyway, Mark Anthony Gonzalez with a crazy strike, or actually not crazy, but a really good strike to give Swope Park 3-1 win. We thought... Tulsa was going to escape with a point in that match. Uh, big picture, Tulsa struggling on the road a little bit. Something that, you know, outside of the Rio Grande match, you know, we've we've not got the results on the road. Simply put, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's maybe pitch size. You know, the teams are exploiting us and 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 pulling you know defenders out wide. Uh, that was one theory I've heard kind of knocked around, but anyway. It's just something obviously Coach Volgerall will and company will need to fix and, and figure out what the best uh, method is going forward in those road matches. You know, I mean, it's there's really not much you can do. That's a lot. That's that, that's to change up your routines or 
And maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's just, uh, you know, maybe it's a tactical change. I, I don't know. But it's something that, you know, supporters and certainly fans are taking notice. But while they're at one oak, take care of business. Uh, it's a very defensive, well, I shouldn't say defensive, but a uh, very physical team. Tulsa Roughnecks, big physical team, very quick. Uh, like to run a lot through the middle of the pitch. You know, can go on the corners and go down the wings as well. But I think um, generally you like to bring the ball up the middle. So maybe maybe there's something to that theory that, you know, these the pitches, teams will try to stretch them out a little bit on the on the road. But anyway, just uh, something that has uh, emerged itself as a, I guess, a less than desirable um, pattern, I guess you could say. But long season, hopefully get that under wraps and, and get some results on the road because that's what it will have to take in order to get to the playoffs. Speaking of playoffs, we'll take a real quick look at the standings as as they are as of today. Of course, not a lot's going to change because we have open cut matches uh, right now with the, a lot of the USL teams playing, uh, really playing MLS teams at the moment. So not a lot of midweek matches. So we'll jump into some of this as uh, the Western Conference standings, of course, uh, with really it's a two-man race or a two-team race with the Monarchs and San Antonio FC. Right now, Monarchs up two points, 33-31 points. Colorado Swing switchbacks in fourth. And then you got Reno, Rio Grande, Seattle Sounders, Wilt Park, and Tulsa setting at eighth place with 15 points through 11 matches. But all of a sudden, Phoenix Rising, DDA Drogba, that's right, he's actually playing matches now. Looking pretty good for an old man, right? <laughs> yeah, he's still got he can still play, by the way. And they are right now in ninth with the same amount of points with the game in hand. So what does this mean? Well, we've got a few stretch of matches that I think are going to be pretty challenging. Just talking US Open Cup. Well, obviously outside the Open Cup, you have Tulsa going down to San Antonio on Saturday. Then you've got Tulsa coming back to play Swope Park. At home, we've got about 10 days. It's crazy, these breaks in these matches are in the schedule. You've got, well, we went 10 days playing SPR and got two matches in a week. One was Open Cup, so that's kind of hard to account for. But Open Cup, San Antonio, again, on the road, which is always a tough team, always a tough place to play. Then you got SPR, Swope Park coming back in Tulsa on a Tuesday, 27th. And then on July 1st, playing uh, at home against the Monarchs of Salt Lake City which I think is a Friday, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, so it's a pretty tough stretch of matches. And, oh, by the way, you got Oklahoma City on the 8th at Oklahoma City. So pretty tough stretch of matches here. You know, the Monarchs and, and, and Swope Park and San Antonio all in playoff contention. And, of course, playing in Oklahoma City is always 110 degrees and hot and miserable. And, you know, all the supporters are drinking water instead of beer, so you know it's really hot if you're drinking water instead of beer but as it is uh, pretty tough stretch matches coming up for the mighty mighty roughnecks they'll only get better and stronger as they play these matches it's a good experience it's got to get some results on the road no better place to start than tomorrow in dallas but anyway i will be at that match by the way so i'm excited got road warrior ricky i'll be riding up with him so you may see some Snapchats. I don't know. I'll, I'll put my Snapchat uh, thing 
icon, whatever it is. I know I'm so old. It's okay. I'll put it out there, and if anybody wants to follow along, they can. It'll be fun. We'll have a good time as long as my phone stays charged. So if you have an old iPhone, you're probably going through a lot of the same problems I am, that you can't keep a charge for whatever reason all of a sudden. Hmm. Yeah, all of a sudden. Everyone can't keep a charge. Anyway, that's another story for another time, but right now we are going to wrap this episode up. So thank you so much for joining me today. John Arnold, thanks so much for coming on. Folks, as always, tuning in. God bless. Have a good one. Take care. <laughs>